Welcome, everyone, to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. Working with your professors on research is such an important topic. I'm really excited to dig into it with recent grad and current program communications and research coordinator, Natalie Passoff from Rutgers Center for Minority Serving Institutions. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, Elliot. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you again. I should mention that Natalie was on Brightspot's inaugural Council of Student Advisors, where we were working with students to help them learn design thinking so they create change on their campus and also getting feedback on our work along the way. And Natalie had so many great insights. We're all in for a great conversation and learning so much from Natalie today about working with faculty on research or, and being a research assistant. To start off, I would love for folks to get a little bit better acquainted with Natalie and uh, maybe hear how you became a uh, communication and research coordinator at the Center for Minority Serving Institutions. Sure. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's great to see you again. It's been oh, so long, honestly, I and mean, I hope everything is going well with the new Council of Student Advisors, if it's hopefully still going. It um, is. We just had the kickoff meeting for oh, this, year's, this year's council, and uh, maybe we can bring you back and you can impart some words of wisdom at, at some point. Oh, I'd love that. I think we have to chat after this. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> but a little more about me. So I feel like I've had quite a wacky journey to get to where I am today. Wacky, um, but effective. Yeah, Definitely. So in undergrad, I went to the University of Massachusetts Amherst, and I was a women and gender studies major and a communications major. And I've always had this... Um, activist kind of mindset. And I've always been particularly passionate about education reform. And so I always wanted to tie together my my work in communications and my work in this idea of education reform and politics and all that. And so I had always kind of wondered what it is that I would do. I and mean, I always liked research, but it was never one of my, you know, first and foremost interests. I've had quite a few different career ideas in my time. And so it wasn't until actually COVID hit that it all solidified for me. So summer of 2020, I was going to study abroad. I was actually going to intern abroad in Japan. It was something that I always wanted to do. It was something that I was always interested in. And it actually had nothing to do with any of the things that I just mentioned. I think it was going to be some business internship and just to get some experience and see if I like things and all that. Obviously, given the pandemic, that didn't happen and it was unfortunate. However, through the organization that was placing me there, they had connections with the Rutgers Center for Minority Serving Institutions. And through that kind of circumstance, I was able to secure an internship with the center. And that's kind of really when it all solidified for me. I really enjoyed the work. It fell in line with my passion for education reform, specifically in higher education and some K-12 work. That is actually how I got to work with you, Elliot, on the Council of Student Advisors through that connection. So a lot of doors just kind of opened for me given COVID, really. And that internship then later turned into a full-time position. And now I'm here and I do research all the time in my day-to-day <laughs> Uh, I do a ton of research with a faculty member, actually, as part of the center. So I'm really excited to talk about some other ways that kind of kickstarted for me in my undergrad journey. It's such a great story and such a great journey. 
and it doesn't sound too wacky to me. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're right where you meant to be. I think it's also such a great lesson about the value of these internships. And I know part of the internship is what led to assisting on research. I would love to hear your story about being a research assistant and really dig into what it was like and and what a, a day in the life of a research assistant is like. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's more than getting coffee for people. People have this idea that you're doing the scut work or you're getting coffee and it's it's all the kind of downsides of an internship. But you know and I know it can be quite filling and substantive. So what were you digging into? Yeah, certainly was not scut work. It was actually very fulfilling. And this was a more like non-traditional research assistantship. So essentially what we were doing was a professor had reached out to me and I'll get into kind of the origins of all that and how that actually came to be. But they were, they're a critical media literacy scholar. Um, and I had already taken some courses with them and they reached out to me. They were working with the College of Education at my institution and they were writing this open source high school social studies textbook. And the idea was, of course, in addition to the literacy standards that were outlined by the state, they wanted to out, um, code media literacy pathways into the book. Um, and so we were tasked with exactly that. And so to kind of backtrack a little bit, once I kind of realized that research was something that I was interested in, I really enjoyed this one class that I had with this professor, Allison Butler, who I realized was a expert in this field and did a lot of critical media literacy work. And I really enjoyed that topic. I really enjoyed her class. I really liked her style of instruction. And I acknowledged her expertise. And so toward the end of the course, I went up to her. I just told her it was a lovely class. It was a fantastic experience to learn from her. I really enjoyed the content. And then I just mentioned that I was interested in the topic and if she ever needed any assistance or any help that I'd be happy to. And so I forgot about that because that was the fall of my junior year. And then that summer, some, the summer before my senior year of undergrad, she reached back out to me very unexpectedly. It was like amidst all the COVID drama and everything in the lockdown, everything that was going on, she reached out to me and one other undergrad student. And she had just remembered that, you know, we had mentioned wanting to help with research. And so she outlined the scope of work, which is what I mentioned. She outlined everything that it would entail, the amount of hours what I would exactly be doing, which involves, you know, coding interviews and then eventually actually building some of this content and building some of this work. And so from there, she mentioned that we would be working with a small team of faculty. I think there were three faculty involved, five grad students and then two undergrads. So it was a really small, close-knit team. And I valued the experience a lot. It was a really cool experience to get to do the research work, get to learn more about the ins and outs of qualitative research, and also this kind of non-traditional kind of content creation aspect of the project. And, you know, I learned a lot more about K-12 through education standards, how that all transpired. I did build community in this really bizarre time. That was another nice plus. I was able to work with a ton of different types of people with different perspectives. I had never really encountered grad students in that capacity before, so that was really nice. And I ultimately got to know my professor better, which turned out to be for the better because she has since written several letters of recommendation for me. I have written testimonies for her. So it's been a really nice symbiotic relationship. And it was like a really great way, in addition to my other internships and my other research opportunities, to grow my research portfolio. And the book actually ended up winning a couple of awards. So another cool thing to add to my resume. That is great. 
I love how it starts off with you actually approaching the faculty member and planting the seed at the end of end of the class. You never know where these things are going to lead. Mm -hmm. I love that then it just comes back around a year later. And I also think that you mentioned a number of things that students, others can use as a checklist of the key questions you're trying to get answered as a research assistant. What are the tasks? What are the hours that are expected? What is this in service of? Who's the team that I'm working with? Mm -hmm. It's a really good way to get into the, like the nitty gritty. And I love the benefits of there's community, there's the, the recommendations, there's the application, there's your own research portfolio. Fantastic. And some awards along the way. How else should students or can students get involved? You offered one path, which is the approach them and plant the seed. What are some other ways? Yeah, I do think that planting the seed is one of the most effective methods. If you participate in a class and then build that rapport a bit more, then it's a no-brainer. They will immediately think of you, especially if you're a good student and, you know, excel in the course. And even if not, if you're just showing interest, that is something that typically provides a really good catalyst. But I think some other things that I actually didn't know about an undergrad, but now that I work in higher ed, I know that these things are available. I know that, for instance, my undergrad institution, I think most R1 and R2 institutions will have this kind of thing. There typically is an office of research that is at the institution. There should be a center, some sort of office that can coordinate the research opportunities that faculty can share with the office. And then they can typically have a bulletin or something that students can see and kind of see what they're interested in and get involved that way. I know that there are other resources. I had a peer in undergrad that I think mentioned it to her advisor, and the advisor was able to find some pathways to connect folks. So there are certainly different ways to get involved, but I think just really seeing what your institution has to offer in terms of research centers. There's a ton of research centers in almost every single school. If you have the School of Education, there's probably a research center. There's a School of I don't know, social and behavioral science. There's probably something there too. I think the best way is just to kind of peruse their websites, see what's available, get in contact with the faculty member and just, you know, plant the seed. That's great. So in addition to approaching your own professors, check in with your advisor, go to the office of research. And sometimes these are called UROP or graduate research opportunities programs. And often these offices will have some kind of showcase event where they're showing off past projects. And I also love just getting online and looking at the different research centers at your college or university, finding a topic that you're passionate about and taking from there. What do you think were the key skills that helped you as a research assistant? And maybe what were some of the ones you learned by doing it? What did you come in with and what did you leave with? I definitely came in with passion and motivation. I think that is something that people sometimes forget about is having some sort of interest in the topic because that will ultimately guide your fulfillment level out, out of what you're getting. Because all these research assistantships, as much as they're designed to help the professor, they're also more designed to help you. I mean, it really is framing yourself and thinking about what do I want to get out of it, right? What do I want to learn from this? And I think that is ultimately what will guide and steer the assistantship into what it is that you want to get out of it, right? So, I mean, some more like tangible skills, being organized, I think is incredibly vital and important. I think staying on top of your work, staying on top of any timesheets that you might need to fill out if you are getting a stipend, because if those things fall through the cracks, not only does it reflect a bit poorly on you, but it can reflect poorly on your faculty member that you're working with. So you want to ultimately get those letters of recommendation. You want to ha have a good standing with them. And those are some of the ways that you can keep that going and 
not just the passion, but staying organized and staying on top of your work too. I think something that challenged me a bit was I did consider myself a creative person, but I think once you get into it, the professors, the faculty members, they want to learn just as much from you as you're learning from them. So they will often challenge you and ask you to think more critically about what it is the work that we're doing, what could be improved and those kinds of things, because they ultimately want their research to be tangible and accessible to all audiences, including, you know, undergraduate students. So oftentimes they will pick your brain a bit more than you, than I, I certainly expected. I wasn't in a place of, oh, I'm actually doing, you know, the heavy lifting, the big brain work. You know, I was just, I thought I was just going to be like coding or getting people coffee yep. or whatever, right? A lot of it really is they value your input and they want you to contribute heavily to the project. So definitely getting creative with certain things and coming into it with an open and critical mind. It definitely sounds like it's more of a two-way thing than you might expect or than you you were expecting where you're bringing things to the table, you're helping with their research, but you're also getting skills out of it. Mm -hmm. And so to to end, I would love maybe a final piece of advice for students that are thinking about helping faculty on research? Yeah, I think to end, I would just mention that you don't necessarily need to want to go into research to do something like this. Even if you want to go get a professional degree or you want to go work in any industry where they don't necessarily do research, I think there are so many qualities that you gain from doing research and engaging in something that you may have not otherwise engaged in that you then can not only add to your own portfolio and your own skill set, but it kind of rewires your brain a bit to think more creatively and to think differently about certain things and to change your perspective in whatever field that you're in. So let's say you're going to nursing, right? Okay, maybe you're thinking, I'm not really going to do research. I'm just doing the day-to-day -day routine that was outlined for me and it's practical. But even in those situations, there are things that you can get from doing research that you can then apply in those situations. Plus, maybe down the line, you know, you might want to track certain things, have certain analytics. There are plenty, plenty of professions that do conduct research as part of their work. And those kinds of like routine research aspects yeah. can absolutely play a, a big part into it. I think it's a great point and a great way to end because it is an experience that's broadly applicable to so many different fields and professions. And you're learning to be creative, you're learning to be organized, you're learning new software, you're building new skills, you're mm -hmm. part of a community, you're working on a team. I really appreciate your time today sharing your story. Thank you, Elliot. It was lovely to be here. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out elliotfelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Mm -hmm.